Hey guys, Yvonne and Kiruka here. I wanted to drop by this week and follow up on last week's episode about leaning into romance and share some helpful tips that I have gained along the way as I navigate dating. (laughs) But before I jump into that discussion, I wanted to give you guys a quick hair update. So right now, my hair is still two-tone blonde. I have not I have not gotten a haircut because I am in the in-between phase. I really want braids, okay? I really want some corn rolls. I wanna switch it up, hello? I have had short hair for the last 10 years. So I'm like, okay, it's time for something new. So in order to get something new, I need to grow out my hair. So here I am with two colors in my hair. My hair is naturally black, and then I I dyed it blonde, but the blonde has grown out a bit. So it's looking kind of uh, interesting. It's not my favorite look right now, but you know, I don't really see that many people yet, you know, because you know, it's, it's winter, so I'm not out and about as much. But like I mentioned in previous episodes, I've gotta like how my hair looks, so, I am trying to hold out for two months, and I think by April, my hair should be long enough to get braids. Because, you know, all we need is about two inches, maybe three, because you don't want to tear your hair out. But you need about two to three inches to get some braids, and that's all I want. I don't even want to grow my hair out to be long. I just want braids or cornrows. So we'll see how long I last. But honestly, two weeks from now, a week from now, I could just walk into a barbershop and get it cut all off again. And I am not afraid to do that. So I will keep you guys updated. Now about leaning into romantic love, it is something that I am prioritizing in this season of my life because Honestly, I haven't really made it a priority. And the question is, why? Well, I was the youngest in my family, and I was kind of the one that was like, everything I saw other people doing, I was like, I don't want to do. Very early on, I saw the power that relationships had. They had, they had and they have the power to shift the direction of your life to change who you are, to change your circumstances. Like relationships are powerful, especially romantic relationships. So I kind of just said, all right, I'm not gonna go in that direction because that direction looks like it only causes a lot of pain and heartbreak. But what happens is when you kind of make secret declarations in your heart when you're younger, and you say, I don't want to be like this person. I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to be, I don't want to do that, right? And it's good to know like what you don't want to do. And it's good to know what you're not going to do and everything like that. But if you don't have a vision for where you want to go and how you want to get there, one or two things can happen. You can either ultimately, a lot of people say, I don't want to be like their parents and then they end up like their parents, right? You can ultimately end up becoming the thing you don't want, 
Or you can completely go in the opposite direction and just stay as far away from something out of fear. And you start to live a life that is rooted in fear unknowingly. Right? This, but this is what you said to yourself when you were younger or after you, you witnessed trauma. And that was how you protected yourself. And I think in a lot of ways, this is how I've protected myself by kind of staying close, but not jumping into romantic love. So I've had situations, I've had situationships. I have liked people, but I, as an adult, I've never experienced deep romantic love. And I feel like love is a theme of my life. I feel like I'm, I am specially called to love people and also to be loved. That's, I just believe that that is part of my calling in this life is to love people and love people well. But romantic love, I'm like, ooh, now that, <laughs> that love is a little different. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's, it's, it's the heart for me. It's the heart. Like, and, but if you work really hard to try not to love and to kind of circumvent it, something happens to your heart. And I think what is so beautiful about love is that it keeps your heart soft and it keeps you open and it keeps you vulnerable. And I believe vulnerability is a superpower. I really do believe that. So now I am, you know, in this 30th year of my life. And I'm like, it's time to jump in the deep end. And it's time to get into the game. Can't just be a spectator of love. You have to be a participator. And I'm specifically talking about romantic love. And it's scary, guys. It's really, really scary. But I believe it is worth it. It is worth it. So with this... When I moved to Atlanta, I said, all right, it was, it, we were still in the height of the pandemic last year, but I was like, you know what? I am going to download some apps. And moving to Atlanta, everybody was like, Yvonne, why are you moving to Atlanta? There are no straight men in Atlanta. <laughs> don't move there like and even and so even if you do find a straight guy they have like 10 to 20 women that they can choose from so everybody and their mama told me that and some people were side-eyeing me I know who you are you you were judging me you like she ain't never what am I what am I I'm not gonna name her she was just like you're not gonna find a man in Atlanta all right and here's the deal I don't live a life that is always predicated on stats, 
numbers. I don't. I live a life that is predicated off of God. And I know that God can do anything. I can meet someone literally at the gas station, right? Like that's how life sometimes happens where it's like the space you think you're gonna meet someone, you don't end up meeting them. I trust God and it only takes one man. I don't need dozens, I just need one man, all right? So when they were talking all that, I was like, no, I'm not living by fear. I'm living by faith, okay? I know what they're saying. I lived in Atlanta before, I have seen, okay? But I just believe that maybe it's in Atlanta, maybe it's somewhere else. I believe that I will experience deep romantic love and I don't need to have fear around that. So much of what society I think communicates to black women is that they need to have fear around a lot of around a lot of spaces. They need to have fear around their dating relationships. They need to have fear around becoming a mother. And I just want to say I unsubscribe to all of those messages. I I absolutely unsubscribe. And it this is not this is something I have to do daily, right? This is something I have to work on daily in my regular life. I'm not believing all of these lies and they just, as a black woman, they, society I feel, wants you to hate yourself. They want you to be depressed and to feel like there's no good options and to feel like no one's gonna want you Something's wrong with you. And I'm like, uh-uh, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope. I choose to unsubscribe. And that is actively, I have to actively do that because it gets hard. Because of course, when they were saying those things, it, it did affect me. I started second guessing. But then I had to recenter myself. <clears throat> so, before I even started dating and during me dating, I have had to renew, constantly renew my mind over what is true and what is not true, right? And there's so many messages that try to kind of persuade you and discourage you. And oh my God, it's just, it's so, is so before it, it tries to get you to stop before you even start, right? I, I think these things are especially targeted to black women. For example, this notion that you are not enough or you're too much, right? That's a big one. The other notion is that you're too ambitious for a man, right? Like. You're too educated. You're too successful. You're too outspoken. And I know a lot of great men who are married to really awesome black women who are able to show up as themselves and not have to hide or water down parts of themselves. 
But these are some of the messages that you have to hurdle over constantly. The other message that I had to kind of unlearn was that there were no great guys out there. And that's just a common conversation. It's, it's almost like a bonding piece amongst certain groups of women, right? Like you hear the, you hear the phrase, men are trash. You know, these men aren't ish, you know what I'm saying? And you hear that because it's rooted in real life pain points and trauma and hurts and heartbreaks. And you start to believe that. You're like, yeah, there's no good guys out there. They only, they, they only want to play around, so forth, so forth, so forth. And I definitely believe so a man thinketh, so a man is. So if you're constantly thinking that there is no great men out there, that is going to be your reality. That's going to be your reality. That's what you're going to attract. You're not going to attract good men. You're going to attract the men you don't want. If you're constantly thinking about dudes who aren't ish or dudes, you know, that's what you're going to get. At least that's what I found. When I was in New York, I was just like, I had this underlining belief that there weren't really that many great guys in New York. And so I believe that, that that's probably some of the reason why I didn't date, but because I wasn't, my mindset was all jacked up. So over the last year and a half, I've had to, even in conversation, stop myself. Like when I'm about to say, oh, there's, you know, guys aren't da 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 and I have to say some guys. Not all guys, right? I have to say there are good guys out there. There are wonderful guys, beautiful, who have good character, who are men of integrity, who are men of faith. I've had to say these things out loud and change my mindset. And what I have experienced is that here in Atlanta, there are actually great guys. I have met great people in Atlanta, right? So that is what I've been having to work through, unlearning some problematic messaging that I have internalized. And uh, really, when you think about this idea that there's no good anything, that is rooted in pride because you know, it's to suggest that you yourself are good. And I'm not trying to come from nobody's neck, but it's such a loaded statement that it's almost like I'm the only good, I'm the only good one. That's so ridiculous because one, you, you haven't even met all the people in the world to even say that sort of a statement, but that's what happens. You just start to adopt familiar language to cope, to make yourself feel better but it's actually hurting you in the long term. So yes, I had to unlearn these problematic languages and messages. So with that, I started online dating. And honestly, guys, I love meeting people in person. Like I'm the type of person I talk to strangers, strangers talk to me, and so, at first I was like, nah, I wanna meet somebody the traditional way in person, but then the pandemic hit and you're like, mm, 
So this is a little harder. <laughs> this is a little bit more challenging. And so I downloaded the dating apps. Part of the reason why I didn't like dating apps is because, okay, here's a vulnerable moment. I have, I think I, well, no, I have abandonment issues. And, you know, it definitely is connected to growing up with a single father, not really having a consistent mom present. So it's almost like my default is to be like, oh, they don't care. Oh, they, they don't think of me, you know, or they're going to leave. And so when you have that as a primary thought in most of your relationships, even in the relationships that have proven to you time and time again that they're here for you, that they love you, it can really be challenging. And over the course of the years, I've had to kind of soothe, learn to soothe myself. You know how like a, a baby has a pacifier? Well, sometimes that wound doesn't go away, but you learn how to cope. You learn how to um, self-soothe. And part of how, how I've had to manage this this trauma is by reminding myself like I am loved and I root myself in the love of God, the love of Christ. And I, I remind myself like God loves me completely just as I am now and he will never leave me nor forsake me. So that roots me, right? That grounds me, that has centered me. But sometimes when you go in the world, you get triggered and people's actions and behaviors brush up against this new knowledge that is trying to be grounded in you, right? And so that's what happens on day naps. Like you'll be connecting with someone and like vibing with them and you're like, okay, you cute, I'm cute, what's up? And then they go ghost. They go go silent. Okay, so it be hurting. <laughs> it hurts, even though they're strangers. And so early on, my feelings were always getting hurt. I'm like, dang, we had like five text messages exchanged and you are just gonna go ghost? But the beautiful part of dating is realizing, especially dating early, is realizing that you don't have to attach yourself to a complete stranger so soon. Don't take any of it personal. Keep it light, right? Like this person you may or may not like, you may or may not talk to, like don't give them so much power to ruffle your feathers. And I think that has been what I've been learning. Like don't take it personal and keep it light. And if they don't respond, keep it moving. Listen, if someone don't want you, there'll be somebody else who does, okay? There really will be. And sometimes them not responding is actually a beautiful thing. You, it could be a blessing in disguise, right? Like. It could be a blessing in the sky. So don't try to keep anything 
that wants to run away. So that has been really helpful. That's freed me up to just be present and to not allow it to speak to such a deep place in me. It's not that serious. But it, it, it is hard to get ghosted. I don't like that. And I try not to do it. I, I'm not saying I've been perfect at it. So I've been meeting great guys on the dating apps. You know, every every now and then I go out on dates and it's been cool. It's been really, really cool to and be enjoyed and to enjoy guys. And I've also been just going out, right? Like I'll go to cool different spots in Atlanta. Sometimes I go by myself. Oftentimes I go by myself because I'm still building up my social network here. So when I go out, I make sure I look good. You know what I'm saying? Like I make sure I smell good. I have on a cute outfit. And because I work from home. So when I go out, I just every time I'm just like, I, I got to put on a cute outfit because I don't be wearing my clothes. I just be in sweats. So I make sure I smell good. And I also make sure that I have an open posture. So I have an expectation to meet people, right? And it's not just men, but just people in general. And so I keep my eyes open. I My body language is not, I'm just not on my phone all the time. I smile because my default is smiling. However, in New York, I could not have that default. I learned very early on. If you smile too much, you will invite unwanted attention slash harassment as a woman. And so I had to learn, mm-mm, cover that smile up because you will get followed home. <laughs> True story, you will get followed home. So it's just a nice me mug will suffice walking down the street late at night. Or just not even a me mug, like a serious face. But coming to Atlanta, you know, people, when you're walking down the street, people smile at you, they say hi. That's most places in the South. So I have just, relearned how to just have a pleasant disposition and to emanate joy. And because of that, what happens is when I go out, I meet all sorts of people, guys, girls, and you know, it's beautiful. Some people, I'll just, sometimes I'm not even dressed up. Like people will just come up to me and you know, I'm like getting onions in the produce section and somebody comes up to me and introduces themselves or I'm standing in line at this beautiful food court in Atlanta and somebody comes up to me there and I'm like, whoa, I'm not even doing anything. I'm just being myself. And I think it's a combination of renewing my mindset, like I mentioned earlier, having an expectant heart and maintaining a open posture. All these things have been helpful to meeting people organically. So with that said, I have met a lot of great men. <clears throat> I have met a lot of great men here. And as I've been dating, I have just been wondering like, okay, 
even though a guy is great, that doesn't necessarily mean I need to date them, right? And I didn't have like indicators that would help me know whether I should date a guy or not. So I had to figure out like, okay, just because he's good doesn't mean I date him because I'm also not subscribing to a scarcity mindset where it's kind of like you meet a good guy and you're like, oh, there's no good guys out there. So I got to hold on to this one, even though I don't really like him. Mm -mm, Don't do that. Don't play with nobody like that. All right. And there's a temptation to do it because of all the messages you hear like, and so you're like, okay, maybe I could try to make this work. But if you're just not feeling the person, if something is off, don't force it. Do not force it. At least I'm not. Mm-mm. I am choosing to operate with an abundant mindset, not a scarcity-based one. So I came up with four indicators that will help you understand whether someone is is whether it's okay to move forward in getting to know them in a dating relationship, right? Because oftentimes we like people talk about falling in love and it's great like like the feeling, I'm sure, the rush, the endorphins, right? But we just enter into it without having any sort of critical thought about whether this is actually a good situation. And the real talk is this. Who you decide to connect with romantically is actually a big deal, I believe, right? Who you decide to share your time with, share your resources with, share your heart with, share your emotions with, who you decide to love, who you decide to share your body with is a big deal. And I know in our society, there's a level of like, everything's just casual, sex is casual, intimacy is casual. But I believe that you're, who you decide to love, who you decide to give your affection to is really important. Like, because you are important. You are precious. I am precious. I am important. And so just like we, you know, we meet with a retirement specialist, We have an accountant. We have all these systems in place for other areas in our lives that help us make good decisions. We have like markers that tell us what to do in other areas, right? We meet with career coaches, all these types of systems of accountability uh, that we have to help us meet some of our goals, our long-term goals. I think the same is true for romantic love. Like, what system of accountability do you have 
for yourself that will help you make a good decision about who to spend a significant portion of your time with. Because the reality is who you're around impacts who you are. It just does. And it impacts what you do. So you want to make sure that whoever it is, they're vetted. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that love, you should feel the rush. I would, I want to feel the rush of love. Come on. I love romantic comedies. I love it when at the end of every scene, the guy runs to the girl and he picks her up and spins her around and they kiss. I love that. Okay. I want the rush, but I also want intentionality and I also want to make a wise decision because my love ain't cheap, honey. <laughs> it's not, it's not. So I've come up with five indicators that will help me determine whether it's safe to move forward with someone or whether I need to pause or whether I need to back all the way up, like walk away from the situation. And I don't know how I came up with these indicators. It was just one day I was sitting in my room, writing my journal, and this came up. And I started writing these things down and I started sharing it with my friends. And I've gotten really great feedback from people. So this is not in any specific order. So yes, number one, does the person like you? Do they like you? And this seems very, very simple, but for me, it has not always been simple, right? I think sometimes what happens is we can like someone so much that we can miss the fact that they don't really like us. Their actions, their behaviors are not suggesting that they actually really like you. And you know when someone likes you. If you have to say to be or not to be, if you have to ask yourself, do they like me? They don't like you. That's just been my experience. Okay. And I think it's okay if somebody doesn't like you. Sometimes rejection can really suck. I have experienced rejection. It is not a great feeling when you like someone and they don't like you. However, if they don't like you, someone else will. Someone else will see your value, your beauty, and they will like you and they will let you know they like you through their actions and their behavior and their words, right? Don't hold on to someone who is not showing you that they like you, right? It's just not worth it. You are so likable and lovable. And if they don't see that, then let them go. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. And, and it doesn't even mean that you're bad or something's wrong with you. Oftentimes what we do is like, if affection isn't reciprocated, we take it really personally and we give judgment statements on ourselves. And that is not the case. 
You are beautiful. <laughs> and I got an occasional song in me. You are beautiful. And someone will see that. So number one is, do they like you? Number two is, do you feel peace about this situation? Is there peace present? And oftentimes, it's hard to give a definite, it's hard to describe uh, what peace is. It's easy to say it like theoretically, right? But what is peace? What does it feel like? You may not necessarily know, I think, how to describe it, but you know what it feels like. All of us know what peace feels like. We know what chaos feels like, right? We know that there's that still small voice that's like, don't go to that party. It's that still small voice that's like, something ain't right. You know, some people recognize it as intuition. Something is just not sitting well about the situation. And sometimes it's not a matter of like, okay, there's no peace. I got to get away from this person. But maybe it's like you may just need to have a conversation to clarify some things. But oftentimes what we do is we move forward without peace being present in our spirits. And it only leads to destruction. I hate to use that such loaded language, but it only leads to challenges along the way when you ignore the peace, at least for me. When you're like trying to make something work and you like ignore the clear signs to let go of the situation, most of the time it doesn't work out. So ask yourself, is there peace present? And peace is not the absence of conflict, right? You can have peace about a situation, but you may be working through some conflict with your partner, right? And that's normal relationship stuff, right? There's normal communication stuff. But this type of peace is not about not having issues. That's not what I'm saying. It's it's something deep in your gut, your soul, however you want to think of it, that's just like something is not right. And I cannot move forward until peace is present. Or maybe it's that I don't move forward at all. That is number two. Do you have peace? Number three, does this person pursue you? Does this person pursue you? And I can only speak about pursue from a woman's perspective because that's the only perspective I, I have. But I do think there are some ideas that could be applied to you know, a man as well. So does this person pursue you? And for a lot of people, when they hear pursue, it's kind of like the Christian idea that a man is supposed to pursue a woman and a woman is just supposed to just be caught, be captured. 
that's not what I'm saying here. That that act that phrasing like it it annoys me so much because oftentimes it's steeped in uh, misogyny to me. It's steeped in uh, pride. Oftentimes it's just loaded, and I don't like it when people say that. So I have had to say it without explanation. I have had to like understand what it looks like for me and and just understand in general. So what does it look like for me to recognize that a man is pursuing me? Well, I start with a Christian reference. So in my relationship with God, right? God pursues me into relationship with him, right? Like I experience so much pursuit by God on a daily basis. And his pursuit of me is very specific to how I'm wired, to how he made me. It's very specific to my being. I believe that God pursues every individual differently according to how they've been wired. And so for me, I experience God through nature. Like, show me a beautiful tree and I just feel deeply known, okay? <laughs> I experience God through food. Give me a well-spiced piece of salmon, okay? And I just, something happens. I just start moving, rejoicing in my body, okay? I'm not playing. I love food. Food is a love language. <laughs> uh, play me some beautiful music and I feel pursued, you know? And there's so many other ways. I feel oftentimes feel pursued through beauty. So beautiful things, flowers, clothes, art. I feel pursued in all these ways, right? And it's cool because when I say pursuit, I am actually speaking to the feeling of being deeply known and seen by someone in such a way where their love is tailored to what they have observed of you, right? That is, that is what I mean by pursuit, right? So what does this look like practically? Well, I have seen this in a lot of my friendships for my friends who are married, the way in which they were pursued it's just these little moments, right? Where I love gummy bears. I love Black Forest gummy bears. You can get them at Target. I love these gummy, I love gourmet donuts, okay? Sure, you can buy me a nice Gucci bag and I might just really appreciate it, okay? Yeah, I would. I'm not gonna sit here and lie. But I really would feel so loved if I got in my man's car and he handed me a pack of Black Forest gummies, don't play with me, okay? I, my heart would melt, okay? <laughs> or, you know, one year my friends, instead of giving me a normal cake, they got me a gourmet donut cake. I felt so loved. Pursuit is when someone pays attention to you and they act on the things they see and observe about you. So does the person pursue you? 
does the person help you to feel known? And if the answer is no, then I wouldn't move forward. I, that's just what I'm saying. I wouldn't move forward. Okay. <laughs> you know, and maybe that takes time, right? But over time, if you're just, I, I just think love is special. It's not generic. Love is specific. It's not broad. So does a person pursue you? And I actually think that can be applied to both guys and girls, you know, or partners. Number three. Number three. Oh, no, this is number four. Number four. Do you feel emotionally safe? Do you feel emotionally safe? For me, this is a big one, okay? Part of what I understand love is, is allowing someone to see the deepest parts of you, to know the deepest parts of you, right? And so it is very vital that when the person sees you and they see your vulnerabilities, they see your weaknesses, your shortcomings, they do not weaponize those things against you. They do not try to expose you, but they seek to honor you, protect you. I think another thing is, is there, when it comes to emotional safety, like, is the, does the person have a humility present, right? To say, I'm sorry, to recognize their wrongs, to want to grow from it. Do you see that present? Are you guys collectively crafting a space where both of you can be undone before each other? And rather than use those things to tear each other down in rough times, you actually help that person grow. They actually like pray for you. They actually lovingly bring things up. And part of what has, I think, been helpful for me to be less of a toxic person, because this word toxic, all of us have toxic traits, I believe, right? But some of us are trying to undo those, unlearn them, and move towards health, right? But all of us have something that we do unknowingly that can inflict pain and hurt and traumatize somebody else. But it's the willingness. And so does this person have a willingness to grow? That is what it means for me to have emotional safety present. Number five, are you aligned with this person? Is there alignment between you two? And to be in alignment with somebody, it means to be in a position of agreement or alliance. Do you guys share the same core values? Are you guys compatible? 
Do the things that matter to you the most matter to them at all? So for me, like, I really, really love God. I love Jesus. And I want to be with someone who has that a shared love for God. It doesn't have to look the same, right? I'm not talking about sameness. Because how you express a core value could look different than how I express a core value. It's not what I'm saying. But do we have a, a position of agreement in this area? Right? Are you guys compatible? Do you love to travel and they hate planes? That's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's one thing if you love to travel and you you have like 18 stamps on your passport and they have none. And it's not because they don't want to. It's just that they haven't necessarily made space to, but they're open to it. Then, okay, let's go. But if someone's like, yeah, no, I'd just rather stay at home and... You know, that's that's just like why why do that? <laughs> why do that? You know, if you if this is a something of value. Do you like people and do do they hate people? Is your life uh centered around building relationships, growing with people, and they just are a hermit? They don't ever want to come out the house. So that may not work. That may cause unnecessary tensions. And it's like, why be so uncomfortable in that way? Because this is not a conflict-free situation. I'm not proposing like, okay, you need to be aligned so you never get in conflict. Conflict is bound to happen. So why not just be aligned on the core themes have some level of compatibility. And I know, I know, sometimes you just get caught up, like caught up in the rapture of love. But don't you want to be aligned in the... <laughs> like, don't you just want to be aligned as well? Right? I think the most beautiful love is is love that is grounded in something strong and it's rooted in something beyond like emotions and just mere romance right so do you guys have similar visions of what you want your life to look like and i think it's just important to ask yourself that question there you have it, the five questions slash indicators I've been using to help me navigate this dating space. And honestly, it's been super helpful because what I do is if I don't see one of those indicators present, then I don't move forward. And I take it as an opportunity to reflect on whether this is actually a situation I want to invest in, right? And what I just want to say is that this can really also be a self-reflection tool. So it's not just about investigating whether the other person ha has, these, has these aspects present, but it's also an opportunity for you to look at yourself and do some 
um, exploration. So one, do you like the person? Not just do they like you, but do you actually like who they are? But beyond that, do you like yourself? Do you like yourself? Two, do you have peace within yourself? Or is there an area in your life that you need to get peace? Maybe it's not them that is contributing to uh, the lack of peace, but maybe it's something that you have to explore and find on your own. Three, are you pursuing the person? Do you care about the person? Are you paying attention to who that person is and what they like and loving them accordingly? Four, are you creating an environment where another person can feel emotionally safe? Or are there some toxic things that you need to work on or there's some things you may need to heal from that could be affecting how you create help create a safe environment for another person and five are you aligned are you aligned do you connect are you operating out of your core values are your intentions matching your behaviors? Are you moving in the direction you say you want to go towards? Are you living the life that you want to live? So these are great questions for you to ask yourself before you project that onto somebody else. But with that said, I am so grateful that I was able to share this with you because I'm honestly still defining these these concepts. So I would love to hear what you think about the five indicators. If, If you would add one or if you would remove one, let me know. You can message me on Instagram or you can email me. All the information will be in the show notes below. But thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you are producing new growth in your life. Until next time, I love you guys.